0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24 seven podcast, your audio source for all things, Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. We are continuing our position group preview series that we'll be doing all month. Also, you can find our written stories over at MichiganInsider.com. Michigan.247sports.com. If you missed the last three, we've done quarterback, running back, wide receiver, some fun discussion there. This one will focus on the tight ends. Our format is going to stay the same. Uh, we're talking about strengths, question marks, and then the second half of the episode, we'll look at maybe some position battles, uh, stat or player that we're kind of keeping a closer eye on, and then make bold predictions for the room. So the tight end room, it's a smaller group. So this might actually be a quicker episode. There's just less players feeling pretty optimistic about Michigan's tight end room. I actually do think that there's a lot of talent in the room. I think by now Colson Loveland is a household name. And then AJ Barner, the Indiana transfer. I I really, I think we talked about it in an episode last month. I really think this was the most underrated transfer pickup, maybe James Turner as well, the Louisville kicker, but, but I think AJ Barner has been pretty underrated throughout the spring and the summer given what he showed at Indiana, given what he showed in the spring game, and what we're hearing about his impact at Michigan. I, I think there's a lot of excitement about him. You know, 6'6", 255, experience, was a captain at Indiana, and then obviously Loveland. But then we'll talk about some of the other players as well. And and I will say, Steve, to me, the biggest strength of this tight end room, you know me, I try to think of, like, what do a few of the top players have in common? I think this is a very good pass catching tight end room. We'll talk about the blocking in a little bit, but I think this is a group that, you know, between Loveland, between Barner and and Matthew Hibner, I think there's, there's very good athleticism. I think there's very good catch radius. I think, you know, I've seen Loveland and Barner high point some, some passes in traffic. Barner, not as much of a big play receiving threat when he was at Indiana. I don't know how much of that had to do with their playbook, but boy, Great, um, very low drop rate, great hands. And then he caught passes in traffic better than anyone on Michigan's team did last season. And so I uh, really like what he can do. And then Loveland, I think, it has a lot of the traits Barner has. But I think he's a little bit more, I, I want to say, space creating. I don't know what his 40 time is. I don't know, you know any of that. But it just seems like he's able to find some open field. And then I think you saw Hibner you know that that big play he had in the spring game that looks replicable that looks like something that he could do throughout the season and then I think you know Marlon Klein is maybe one of the the players who we'll see what their role looks like this season but anytime there's a 6'6 220 pounder that runs an 11 second 100 meter dash they come into college as raw as he does you just you just wonder it's kind of a matter of when feels like players with those kind of athletic traits they don't They don't stay on the bench for long, so I really like the pass catching ability. This almost looks like, and I don't mean this as a as a slight to Penn State, but it almost reminds me of like a Penn State tight end room. I feel like they've had a really nice run of of tight ends who, you know, they might not be winning all the grit coins as as blockers, but man, they can just make catches. They can play out of the slot. They can play in line. They can make catches downfield. They can make catches in the flats in over the middle of the field. It just it just adds to the dimension, and in a, in a season where we don't know just how deep the wide receiver room is going to be, I think this is very valuable. I think having Loveland and Barner, and we'll we'll say probably Hibner and Klein as consistent receiving threats, you know, that takes some of the pressure off the wideouts to necessarily, um, you know, be out there and get open 10, 12 times a game. You know, it can be they can spread the ball around a little bit more. I really like the pass catching ability of this room. Steve, what in your mind is the biggest strength of this tight end room?
0: Uh, I like the diverse. It's a really diverse skill set across the board. Uh, When you add Max Bredesen in there, kind of an H-back, really good blocker. I think as somebody also, Michigan, I think feels like they can sneak out there and make an occasional play in the passing game. So you talk about, I think Colson Loveland is sort of your potential all-conference. I don't know about, I mean, I don't know. If he if he if he gets the ball enough, I suppose he could be an all American type candidate. I mean, he's got that ceiling. Not
1: I suppose this I mean, just Brock but, Bowers will probably be the the main. Well, guy, yeah, right? but
0: just maybe caliber. Then uh, I will yeah, say
1: this: I heard from someone within the program like it's it's a they think that he is the best pure pass catcher at tight end that Michigan's had since Jake Butt.
0: I mean, I can see it. I mean. I always go back to his recruitment how excited Michigan was about him, uh, was strongly given the impression that he was the best tight end prospect Michigan had recruited under Harbaugh. Uh, You remember Jake was recruited by Hoke. Um, So, you know, there have been high hopes for him from the beginning. And I, I think his freshman season is, I mean, that probably could almost argue he was a little ahead of schedule. So, you know you got the yeah you have your you have a clear cut number 1 uh i think what you just mentioned about barners pass catching ability uh just his ability to grab the football is something that you know a stick mover right and and a guy that a reliable stick mover a veteran uh with i think a little bit more upside than just that i mean he's a guy could end up being a nice red zone threat uh because he doesn't drop the football so And then Hibner, we've seen the speed there. I think he's got a little bit of a different dimension athletically. uh, We've seen what he can do when he gets an open space. So, you know, he's a guy I feel like they could run some just some singular packages for designed to get a guy like him open in space. So uh, and then like Marlon Klein is kind of the high, like another high ceiling guy who who maybe sort of in the mold of Colson Loveland is just going to take a little bit longer to get there. Uh, But athletically, again, uh, so. A lot of athletes, maybe just sort of different styled athletes at the position. Which, if you're Michigan, that's that's a good thing. I mean, we've talked about how Michigan can use, say, like Edwards out of the backfield in the slot, receiving wise. You know, feels like if Michigan runs any two, maybe even three tight end sets, uh, depending on who they throw out there, there's a lot of possibilities uh, for packages. So, and I like your comment about helping the receiving room. I think it's a lot like when you're. You know, we talk about Michigan's interior line this year is really strong, should be able to give their edges a lot of opportunities to get to the quarterback because they should be very disruptive in the middle. You know, we talked about how in years past, maybe Michigan's so strong on the edge, it makes things a little bit easier for the guys in the middle. I think there's a similar push-pull type deal with receiver and tight end. So, um, you know, if Michigan will hit those seams hard with their tight ends, you know, it could create opportunities for you know, like a Tyler Morris or or a Roman Wilson or or a Cornelius Johnson. So I just like the overall diverse skill set of the room. And again, it's another position where, you know, I don't know by design, but it just feels like, yeah, Michigan's got, they have so many different types of guys they can throw out there that can really uh, just cause problems for most defensive schemes.
1: Yeah. Real quick stat on A.J. Barner. He, out of the 48 Big Ten players, running backs, receivers, tight ends who had 40 targets or more last season, he was seventh in drop rate, just uh, 3.8%. So yeah, he definitely, he's not dropping much. I mean, he was similar a year prior. And then his six contested catches uh, was actually quite a bit. I I believe it was more than anyone on Michigan's roster last season, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, he's someone that can be a threat over the middle of the field. And and chain mover sounds like a you know backhanded compliment but that's that's really valuable i mean that's a huge part of football and that that'll be a huge part of passing game i mean i know michigan they love when their tight ends can be kind of quarterback's best friends uh and, and kind of bail the quarterbacks out a little bit and i think these two are capable of a lot more than that but i do think that's a skill that they have biggest question mark for me i i think the is just the blocking. You know, I think Joel Honigford played a lot of snaps last season. I know he doesn't have a lot of catches in his career, but he he quietly played a pretty critical role as a blocker, um, you know, helping that that run game. I think Luke Schoonmaker, a lot of people looked at his successful combine and figured that's why he climbed in the draft boards. But I think also once coaches and teams and GMs started putting on the tape of his blocking, I think they realized he was he wasn't under underappreciated by Michigan coaches or the or anyone on the team, but I think sometimes people are so busy looking at the receiving stats of tight ends that that they forget how valuable someone like Luke Schoonmaker was as a blocker. And so I think that's to me that's where Barner and Loveland and probably Hibner and Klein can grow their game is 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 in the blocking game because I think Michigan has a pretty good offensive line. They have a pretty good run running back duo, but I do think here and there you are going to need a tight end, especially when teams know the run game's coming. I think that was the big difference was I think, you know, when you have tight ends that can block the way Honigford, the way Schoonmaker, and I will say Bredesen, Max Bredesen, you know, H-back, fullback, whether he's in line, whatever the, whatever wherever he's lined up, I did feel like he was a part of this too, but it's a, it's, that's how you can run the ball. When the other team knows you're going to run the ball, and that's how you can still be effective, I I think is getting tight ends that that block at an above average level, and I don't think Loveland and Barner are subpar blockers, but I think both of them would tell you or tell us that they even think that that can be their next level, that can be where they can grow. Uh, I, I saw Loveland put on a good amount of weight. Really, the whole tight end room felt like did. It seems like they're all above. 240, 245 now. So that, that helps, right. Assuming that that's, you know, valuable strength and that's, you know, building a lower body base or, or kind of getting, getting themselves to the point where they can go up against a linebacker or a defensive end and, and win that confrontation. So to me, that's the next step. That's probably the biggest question mark. There's certainly some hierarchy to figure out too in terms of what roles just because there's they lost five scholarship tight ends from last season. So there is snaps to be handed out. And I think quietly a good amount of them are going to be given to you know whoever shows the commitment to blocking that they need to show. So that's my biggest question mark. Steve, what's the biggest question mark you have for this room in Fall Camp?
0: I mean it's hard not to fully agree, right? Just because it does feel like the passing game is where these guys are going to potentially thrive. And while Loveland showed flashes in the receiving game, uh, and he did end up playing a lot of snaps by the end of the year, it's still, that's still the blocking aspect of everything. And just the the intricacies of not even just getting a body on a body, but just knowing the playbook inside and out, knowing where you're supposed to be when those half steps, there's so many little uh, things there uh, that take longer than, a year to really maybe master. So, you know, that's why I think, again, I think a, guy, a veteran like Max Bredesen can still play a pretty significant role for Michigan in certain situations because he's he's been there, he's played a lot of snaps, and I think he's probably one of the better blockers at the position, you know. So, but these guys are all, we talk about, I take like Klein Hibner and Loveland in particular, your three youngish guys, all are very large, all are very athletic. So they'll have, a, you know, maybe the learning curve won't be as high as it would be for other guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I it's hard not to agree with you. I mean, I don't really know what, what other direction you could kind of take it. I mean, there's not a ton of experience behind Barner and Loveland. And that's one area where Michigan has even if it's not a guy who's producing a ton, they have, they've tended to have a higher level of experience from like one to five. But I think the talent level is higher than it's been at tight end for them in from one to five uh, than it has been in a while. So, you know, kind of pick your poison there, but, but I I would, I would have to say just because we, yeah, we know how much Michigan likes to run the football. We know how many different like disguises, packages they like to throw out there. Again, reason number 8,000 why a nice, soft beginning to the schedule could really benefit this team down the the home stretch because these guys will get live snaps to get used to some of that stuff and and just to keep – just live reps. I mean, that practice makes perfect. These aren't – it's not practice. Obviously, it's a real game, but, again, Michigan should cruise to begin the season, and these guys should get ample opportunity to – Really refine their all-around game at the position. So, yeah, I mean, quietly, the ceiling at tight end as a as a whole is about as high as it's. I think it's one of the top four or five positions in terms of like, you know, we've already heard good stuff about Marlon Klein. We know what Colson Loveland's capable of. If Barner, we've talked a lot about being a the most underrated addition. Michigan could really, if 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 Hibner and and Klein really kind of come, come into their own as the season goes on. I mean, Michigan could have four really good tight ends uh, to throw out on the field. So kind of hard to really find a, a, a major weakness that doesn't involve the blocking side of things.
1: Yep. And it might not be a weakness. I think it's for me, like that's why I try to like, when I do my stories, it's I more of an un-
0: Zach. It's more yeah, of an unknown. No, right. Yeah. So it, yeah, It's okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, it, the only other way you can put it. So.
1: Right. Right. Now it, you know, doesn't mean that it'll be a strength. Like they have to go out and, and show what they can do. I will say, I mean, I test, you know, Barner is someone that you, know, you see him on film, whatever, but then you see him in person. You're like, Oh, he should be able to block just fine. You know, it's, it's, it does not. Yeah. He's got a very filled out frame. I mean, he's six six two. what, 55. I don't know. He, he looks like he could take on just about anyone on an opposing defense. All right. We're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll discuss a player or stat that we're both watching in the next month or so, and then make bold predictions for this room. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast.
2: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
1: And Welcome back. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, we're talking tight ends, player or stat to watch. Steve, I think we usually do, I do a stat and then you do a player, but but is there a player or stat that you're watching kind of in the first month to get a sense of what this room can look like this season? So a player that can elevate the room or a stat that can tell us that this room is really heading, as you mentioned, toward that high ceiling this fall?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Hibner. Just you know, Klein's a second-year guy. I, I does again mention in the last segment. It sounds like he's had a really good fall camp so far. Uh, but for me, I think Hibner is that that you know vet. He's a veteran, but also was a highly regarded recruit. Uh, I know we had him somewhere in the top 150. You know, and and again, I just always go back to that play he made in the spring game. I mean, tight ends in the this in the country don't there aren't many tight ends in the country that run as fast as he did on that play. If only a handful. Uh, you know, so he's got tools I think that Michigan can utilize. So, you know, if we if we kind of peg Barner and Loveland as sure things, provided they're both healthy and 100%, uh, I think one or both of Hibner and Klein emerging would be huge. I just, Hibner's the guy I kind of look at just because he has that extra year under his belt. Uh, you know, and, and so we'll see though. Uh, but because we've, you know, like I said, we've heard a lot of great things about Marlon Klein, but, um, Hibner's kind of going to be the guy that I'm watching just to see if they do kind of try to find ways to get him involved in the passing game. Cause I think that's where he's going to be most dangerous for them.
1: Yeah. I like, I mean, Hibner was my X factor player to watch as well. I'll read this quote from Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator. This is in May. I think the guy, Matt Hibner, we're super proud of him in the spring. He had, he just took his play to the level that we knew he could. He's just confident playing fast, playing physical, playing to his strengths. He is a fast, fast dude. And he finally showed it and opened it up. So excited about him, which is very high praise. I will add, that was not a question where he was asked about Matt Hibner. He was just kind of asked about the tight end room in general. So that tells me that Hibner raised some eyebrows this spring. Not just in the spring game, but, but through practices. He was probably one of those players that that realized looking at the depth chart hey this is a great opportunity I'm assuming he was working hard the whole time but with the combination of him being at his strongest and fastest that he's ever been you know being really comfortable with the playbook and kind of seeing that opportunity because I think we're all like that right if we see that opportunity you know there's that extra motivation when we're out doing our jobs or our own workouts or things like that so yeah I think he's He's someone that I think answered the bell in the spring. Haven't heard a ton about him this fall. I thought that's that, not in a discouraging way. Just, I think that's uh, something that we might be seeing in those first few games. You know, if he's, if he's playing 20 ish snaps a game, then that tells you how much he answered the bell stat. I don't have a super great stat. I know the one that I did in my story was yards after the catch per reception, just because I think there's an opportunity there with this tight end room I think seeing Loveland how he can run seeing Barner how he can run and and how hard he is to take down Hibner and you mentioned Bredesen I mean that that play against Hawaii I mean he might not be doing that every game but I think this is and then Klein obviously is probably the fastest out of all of them uh, this is a group that can probably pick up some major chunk yardage after the catch if you know they can kind of keep their balance about them, keep their, their eyes forward down the field. And then obviously uh, make sure that they're in favorable matchups and have leverage to get those catches. Another stat that will tell us what this tight end room could look like this fall. I think is tight is uh, touchdowns or red zone pass attempts. The way Loveland plays, the way Barner plays the, I think those two could be major threats in the red zone for an offense that hasn't necessarily thrived in the red zone. As good as they've been the last two seasons, I don't think Michigan would tell you that it's been running at at full optimization in the red zone. You know, I think that, and that's, Jake Moody was a fantastic kicker, but part of his quantity of field goals did have to do with Michigan once the field got a little tighter, once the passes were going to be more contested. It didn't seem like they had a major, Consistent red zone threat the last two seasons, and I, I think I think they have two tight ends that can change that this year. We'll see exactly what it happened. What happens, but I think that is one additional opportunity. I'll be keeping an eye on in September. You know, if I'm thinking like second and five on the eighteen, do they just throw it up there and let Loveland go get it or let Barner go get it? Yeah, that could, that could be one extra notch that this this of things that this offense can do. And that kind of leads me into my bold prediction. I don't I don't know how bold this is. It's probably bold. He only has two career touchdowns, right? But I ha- I said Colston Loveland will lead the team in receiving touchdowns this year. I don't know where he'll rank in yards. So I would assume decently high. I don't know where he'll rank in catches, but I think that that catch in the in the Big Ten championship game, especially just really jumps out to me as, as showcasing what kind of red zone threat he can be, what kind of receiver he can be. I mean, you, there's high pointing, there's contact. You know, you see the strength, you see just the the instincts, I guess, like stuff that's very hard to coach in practice. Um, you know, his ability to track the ball all the way through. I kind of feel like him and J.J. McCarthy are going to have a very strong rapport in the red zone, and I think that he's someone that that has earned that trust where even if he doesn't look totally open they're going to throw it to him because he's going to be able to go out there and make a play so not a not a prediction for the entire position group but that is one that I have I think Colson Loveland leads the team in receiving touchdowns this year Steve do you have a bold prediction for this group
0: uh more of an individual again I think by the end of the year and I don't really know how to gauge this uh, and it might not even totally be statistically but maybe like to you and I or people watch the game a little bit closer uh, I think AJ Barner becomes one of Michigan's more important players on their roster by the end of the season I just I just can't I just don't know if you can understate the addition right we know Michigan lost a lot out of their tight end room they have a lot of talent coming up as we've mentioned but getting a veteran presence at a position that Michigan uses heavily and a guy who just feels like He's going to be uh, very, very reliable for them uh, throughout the season when, when you consider how strong they are across the board. Uh, I just think he ends up becoming a guy that, and again, I don't really know how you can measure this, but maybe a guy who makes a, a couple really big plays in, in, a, in a couple big games type deal. And again, doesn't even have to be like a huge touchdown or anything, but like maybe a couple third down grabs to move the chains or just the, I think I just think he's a guy that fans are really going to grow to like. And I think he's going to make a bigger impact than a lot of people are expecting.
1: There you go. I, I tend to agree. I know Michigan thinks he can be an NFL draft pick next spring. I think he'll probably want to put more on tape, but that's what this season is for. And I think it was the other part too is all of the other tight ends in the room I believe have redshirt sophomore eligibility or younger even Bredesen and Hibner I mean Barner brings a lot of game experience a lot of football experience and I think Colston even talked about it in his press conference yesterday where he said you know it's just really nice to have someone with a lot of experience that I can kind of ask questions to and learn from and obviously Barner is learning a lot too about the playbook but I do think he he get some of those those nuances and and kind of the tricks of the trade and that could come up at some point this season one has to think uh, that at some point Michigan will be turning to these tight ends and and what the tight ends can do when the ball is coming their way I think will will tell us a lot about this offense all right that's gonna do it for this episode be sure to stay tuned for the offensive line and then obviously we all have all the defensive episodes after that, and we have tons of written content, both stuff from press conferences, insider stuff, analytical stuff, previewing this 2023 season over at the Michiganinsider.com, Michigan at 247sports.com. Obviously, I'm biased toward our staff, but I really think we've done a fantastic job this fall of, of kind of covering all the bases. So be sure to check all those stories out. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 247 podcast. We'll see you next time.